1: or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition
3: of the Rush Limbaugh Show Podcast.
2: Now, you could be mistaken if you are confused. Greetings, my friends. Great to have you with us. It's Rush Limbaugh, the EIB Network, and yet another three-hour excursion into broadcast excellence. Telephone number here, if you want to be on the program, 800-282-2882. Now, today is supposed to be the start of the opening arguments in this so-called impeachment trial. Never mind, the Democrats could not wait. They turned to debate that was supposed to be about whether to call witnesses before or after opening arguments into their opening argument. They did the opening argument yesterday uh, as part of. The, it, it's so obvious what, what this is, folks. Um, And I think the reason they did it is because they realized that after the first day, the public's going to lose interest in this and very few people. It's going to be a declining uh, audience rating as it was for all of the other impeachment proceedings the Democrats were in charge of. And so they, they, they wanted to get as much out there as they could. It's clear this is a 2020 campaign issue. And I just, I just saw Andy McCarthy on TV, and he made a point that what happened in 10 or 11 hours yesterday in the Senate, in a normal courtroom nobody would have ever seen, it would have happened in maybe two to three hours as the uh, lawyers from both sides submit motions to the court. The court rules. There is no public debate about it. If the court makes the decision, that's uh, the last word on it. But this is a televised fiasco, and it's a spectacle, and so... We had 10, 11 hours where the Democrats... I think we also now know why the Democrats in part delayed presenting the articles of impeachment. And that was so that they could uh, prepare all of the graphics and all of the video highlights and taking Trump totally out of context. It It is painful to watch. It's painful to watch these people on the Democrat side, continue to get away with these mischaracterizations, the outright lies, and the out-of-context lies. And one of the biggest ones is, the, is their continuing effort to say that Trump wants to act like a dictator, that they quote him as saying, I'm president, I can do anything I want. And everybody knows that he was talking about firing Mueller in that excerpt. He was explaining to people Article 2 gives him the power to run the executive branch. Mueller was special counsel. He could fire Mueller anytime he wanted. It's in practice do anything I want. They have taken that, and they have been using it for the past number of months to suggest Trump is saying, as president, he can do anything he wants about anything. And everybody in that Senate chamber yesterday knows exactly what they're doing. Schiff was unmasked. He was undressed yesterday. He was exposed as lying big time on the entire characterization. The transcript of the phone call that Trump had with the with the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. But the theme yesterday from the Democrats was McConnell wants to hold a trial with no evidence, and they, they they're doing things, saying things that they hope will resonate uh, with. Whoever they think are average, ordinary Americans. And that's why fairness is such a big word in American politics. They think fairness is one of these words that, that cuts through. And if anything is unfair, then it's unjust. If it's unfair, it's incorrect. If it's unfair, it's usually the Republicans on the wrong side of it. Uh, so they, they make the case here that McConnell wants to hold a trial with no evidence, and this is not fair. Whoever does a trial without evidence? Well, it's up to them to present the evidence. We just keep recycling these things. They keep lying about the same old things, and we keep correcting the lies for those that listen to us, the people we have a chance to influence here. The House is supposed to provide the Senate the evidence. All McConnell can do is work with what the House has handed him. They keep going, well, that's not what happened to the Clinton trial. The Clinton trial, well. the Clinton trial took depositions. It, it, what they're even saying about that is, 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 a, is a lie, is a, is a mischaracterization. And the reason that all of this is happening, the primary thing... That the Democrats are demanding for more witnesses and documents is because they know they don't have enough evidence to convict a ham sandwich, much less the president of the United States. Jerry Nadler, the round mound of the gavel himself, on the final day of public hearings, pronounced the facts are indisputable. That the Democrats had proved their case beyond any shadow of a doubt. Adam Schiff said the same thing when he wrapped up his sham hearings. And now all of a sudden they get to the Senate, they don't have enough evidence. It was clear as a... They are trying to turn this impeachment proceeding into a pro-Democrat political operation. They're trying to turn this into a usual opposition research effort. And the chief justice is obviously a never-Trumper. And I know a lot of you people called, and you were concerned about that. And I've gotten some notes from people, I'm surprised that the chief justice moating so often with the Democrats. Why? The guy's a never-Trumper. The guy wants to get into Georgetown. The guy wants to be accepted by Georgetown. He wants to get favorable pieces in the Washington Post-style section. None of this is a mystery. It's always been what it's been. It's always going to have been an obstacle. It's always going to be been a fight and a battle. But placing it in the proper context where people understand what's going on so they can properly judge it is what is important here. They claimed that they had presented enough evidence, a slam dunk, President guilty. Let's move on over to the Senate. Let's get this done. They get to the Senate. They don't have enough evidence all of a sudden. Now they want to start calling witnesses. And as I said, yes, this is another myth. Witnesses to what? There aren't any crimes. There are no impeachable offenses. And nobody witnessed Anything They keep recycling this. Well, he withheld the money from Ukraine. He was holding it over. It didn't withhold the money. Ukraine got the money and even more. It's all, I I really am, am, I think this is one of the objectives to get us so frustrated, our wits end, constantly correcting them that we throw up our hands in uh, frustration. But I've got a a take on this that, that, that I want to share with you. You know, and yesterday I made a point that the Democrats in the media are going to try to find enough Republicans and turn them into Jeff Flakes. In fact, let's start the audio soundbite. So let's, to review this, grab audio soundbite number one. We'll do one, two, and three. Got some examples of the, of the media trying to do this. And then the piece de resistance is the acknowledgement that they failed. So here is how I characterized this yesterday. The drive-by media is all ecstatic because they think McConnell has already caved by um, giving an additional day to present cases. Two days, it was the original, 12 hours a day, 24 hours total. He's now moved it to three. Many liberal journalists, see, he's beginning to cave. He knows that he's about to lose four Republicans. The media wants you to think McConnell is caving and that the four Republican recalcitrants are maybe going to win today. And Schumer may end up running the trot. Don't fall for any of that. It's a usual attempt to dispirit you, depress you and all of that. Now, this next bite, this is exactly, exactly as I predicted as yesterday's show ended, drive-bys tried to portray a minor rule change made by McConnell as a crack. You know, McConnell gave them additional day, three days, instead of, he gave them 24 hours over two days. So it'd be two 12-hour days to present their case. And McConnell's, okay, okay, we'll do it. To, we'll give you three days. They try to portray that as a major, major crack. Do you read really that was... as, as potential cracks? We've
0: seen cracks emerge that we wouldn't have anticipated just 24 hours ago.
2: I agree that there are
4: some cracks here. You see those cracks. Crack
0: the door open. That's a crack. That's a crack.
5: Mitch McConnell may not have a control over this. Republicans pushed back on McConnell's resolution. That is the first small but first crack in the Republican wall that the Democrats have seen since this entire thing began.
2: You know who that last voice is? Andrew McCabe fired from the FBI for lying. He ran the coup along with Brennan and whoever else from the UK MI5. Andrew McCabe is on CNN engaging in partisan political analysis. Republicans pushed back on McConnell's resolution. This is the first small crack, the first crack in the Republican wall. This is the guy at the FBI that ran the show. It's obvious. How's the guy even on TV? He's on TV because CNN and the media are all in as left-wing Democrat activists. So there's Andrew McCabe all excited, all happy that he thinks the Republicans caved. The drive-bys were hyperventilating over the potential that there's a bunch of Jeff Flakes out there. Here's a montage from yesterday and last night. The senators that we have been watching very closely in recent weeks, the moderates, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Susan
1: Collins, all taking copious notes. Stop busily t- taking taking
2: copious notes. Oh, my God. Folks are taking copious notes. Oh, my, they're about to cave. They're writing things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We may have found some flakes here. We may have found four. They're taking notes. They were so excited. Resume tape taking notes many of them taking extensive notes
4: cory gardner who is probably up for the toughest re-election bid this year taking copious notes same with
2: susan collins and others
6: some senators are taking copious notes those are some of the swing centers including senator mitt romney of utah susan collins of maine
2: can you spell desperation so they're out there they're taking copious notes Every drive by comment, copious notes. Not writing down notes, not making notes, not feverishly composed. Copious. And this was to signal another sign that there was a break in the unity on the Republican side because four Republicans were taking notes. Can you spell desperation? So, how did it all end? Well, this morning, Chuck U. Schumer held a press conference on Capitol Hill. On four separate votes, every Senate Republican voted against requesting relevant documents for the trial. Wait, On three what? other votes, every Senate Republican voted what? against calling relevant witnesses before Wait, the Senate. Leader what? McConnell was forced to tweak his organizing resolution before it was even offered with modifications scrawled in the margins after several Senate Republicans agreed with Democratic objections. The fact that McConnell had to change his resolution showed that Republicans can make this trial more fair if they want to. See, there we go. It's unfair to begin with because the Republicans were involved. It's up to the Republicans to give Democrats what they want. That's how you define fairness. But After all of the hoping and the heavy breathing and the panting by the drive-by media that there was a crack, that the Republicans had found four Jeff Flakes, they were taking copious notes when it all ended up, Schumer announced on four separate votes every Senate Republican voted against what the Democrats wanted. There wasn't a crack, was there? They didn't find any flakes. But what about the copious notes? What about all of the fairness? So Schumer's reduced to saying here that McConnell adding a day to the presentation of the evidence shows that Republicans can be fair if they want to. You know what the truth of this is? I mean, on the ground, the truth of this is that people that tried to watch more than an hour of this were being challenged by severe boredom. People that were inclined to watch this are sufficiently informed to have heard all of this before. And out there, rather than the media and the Democrats finding for Jeff Flakes... The truth of the matter is that Romney and the other three, they're beginning to sense that Democrats are blowing it. So I, I think some of these Republicans are open to it. I think they're open to doing, I think they're open to hoping the Democrats got something here. But I think after yesterday, Romney and these other three are sensing the Democrats are blowing it. How can you not sense they're blowing it? Nadler and Schiff alone, I really think the Republicans ought to bring Schiff in here and put him front and center. And I think they ought to call him. I think they ought to make everything the Democrats are doing related to Adam Schiff. This guy needs to be upheld front and center as the energy, the face behind this entire thing, because he'll fold. He can't. He can't. Folks, he hasn't said much. That is the truth. Since this began, oh, now we've got a story. This is from Real Clear Investigations. Whistleblower was overheard two weeks after Trump was inaugurated. Eric Sharmella, the whistleblower. Two weeks after Trump took office, Sharmella was overheard in the White House discussing with another staffer how to remove Trump from office. They began discussing and formulating plans leading to an impeachment or whatever. This is independent of the Russia collusion hoax. Two weeks, this guy and another guy named Misko. Sean Misko, who was hired by Schiff. When this whole impeachment stuff got started, Charmella, the whistleblower... And and there are two Obama holdovers. They began two weeks for somehow they they remained in the White House after Trump was inaugurated. They were holdovers. Nobody knew to get rid of them. And they were overheard planning impeachment. And here we are, two weeks after Trump was inaugurated, before any phone call to the Ukraine, before any of this. Got to take a break. Just saw the clock. Hang on. Be back with much more right after this, folks. Don't go away. Hi, welcome back. Rush Limbaugh having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. Executing a signed host duties flawlessly zero mistakes. You realize how few people can say that, but I can with great confidence and accuracy. I really think, I think it's critical to expose Adam Schiff in this. I think, we're going to start calling witnesses. We're going to talk about that. Get Schiff up there first. Everything revolves around Schiff. You are looking at human slime. I don't like saying that. I re- I, you, you're just looking at a bad guy. You're looking at a really bad, poisoned guy. The guy is so partisan that he has just abandoned all pretense of decency. And he cannot tell the truth about any of this. He doesn't have a case telling the truth. So he's manufacturing things. His latest lying, he made up a lie about Zev Parnas supposedly talking with the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. He got the wrong Z. He was not talking with Zelensky. Parnas was talking to some oligarch whose name began with Z. This guy, his mind is so corrupted that he sees a Z in front of a Ukrainian name and assumes it's Zelensky. And then he assumes that Lev Parnas was talking to Zelensky when he wasn't. And he says this during the Senate trial. He's just openly lying about things. And it's the poison of this hatred that he's got for Trump. Adam Schiff is typical of this radical left mentality that has taken over the Democrat Party. It is unreasonable. It is indecent. Uh, it, it, It has no boundaries of proprietary uh, propriety it's it, it, it's so i think the guy needs to be exposed I think he needs to be brought front and center he's the guy with ties to the whistleblower Sharamella, who we now know has been working on this since two weeks after trump was inaugurated maybe forcing shift to testify under oath could explain the origins of this entire fiasco You are tuned to the most listened to radio talk show in the country, Rush Limbaugh, the EIB Network. Great to have you with us, as always. You know, my friends, I am never locked in the moment. I am always thinking ahead. It's one of the frustrating things, by the way. I don't get stuck in the present because the present is where the deception is. And as we as we now know, there's always the next phase. This impeachment is going to bomb. All right? Trump is not going to be convicted. I don't care what happens between now and when that happens. It's going to be a bunch of stuff the media is going to try to make you think is big. And the Democrats are winning. And the Republicans are being unfair because they got something to hide. Because everybody knows Trump did it. But when this is all over... Trump is going to be acquitted. So, what's next? Because there is going to be something next. When this impeachment fiasco gets buried, what's the next psychodrama? We're going to have another whistleblower? Is somebody going to magically find, after Trump's acquitted, some new evidence on this Ukraine phone call? Or is it going to be something entirely different? Is it gonna be another phone call about something else but still related to foreign policy that somebody's gonna leak? Because if you think if you if you think this is it, well then you haven't learned the Democrats and the left and the drive by media like I have, they've got a bunch of stuff left in their back pockets. And I don't know what it is, obviously. Will there be uh, new Ukraine pop-ups? Will there be Stormy Daniels 3, Michael Cohen version 2.5? They've got 10 months. They've got 10 months, and these people cannot stand normalcy. The Democrats, they cannot stand Days going by that are frankly normal where nothing in Washington is happening to distract anybody. There has to be a scandal. There has to be something that's got everybody all stirred up. And I don't know what it is. Maybe as we get closer, there will be some signs of what it is. Because what's going to happen is we get closer to the end of this. And the obvious end is the acquittal as we approach that, we might get some indication of where they're heading next because they won't be able to help themselves. But they have to, one thing we know, from the moment the votes were counted on election night, Donald Trump has been in crisis. Donald Trump has been in the crosshairs. Donald Trump is being investigated. From the moment he won the election, there has been something. There hasn't been a day off, and there won't be. And I think they are digging their own grave every day they do this, but they don't. I think what's happening here in this impeachment trial is them making the case for 20 kids. You know, if you look at their side, look at their presidential campaign, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. There isn't any unity on the Democrat side. It's obvious who hates who over there. Hillary Clinton's got her nose out of joint so bad, still over having lost that she's trying to sabotage everybody else on a Democrat side, including Crazy Bernie. Now She's walked back some criticism of Crazy Bernie because she's been under incredible pressure to do so. But... Now you've got Doomberg. Doomberg's in there dropping millions of dollars on ads. And he's moving up in the Democrat polls. But he doesn't have a prayer. Night look, you know, I say they should a knock on Formica. It doesn't have a prayer. Any standard, ordinary, conventional wisdom can always be upset. There are always exceptions. But in the current media and TV age, Doomberg doesn't have a prayer. But his objective may be something else. And maybe he does want to win. Now, one thing that he has either promised or assured is that he's going to spend a billion dollars. And he's going to infuse the Democrat campaign with a billion dollars. I don't care how much Trump raises, they're not going to have that much. And... If if Bloomberg does that, even if it's not for him, if he does that, that means whoever wins a Democrat nomination is not gonna have to waste a lot of time fundraising if Bloomberg is gonna underwrite the whole thing, however that happens. But right now the Democrat primary is an absolute Well, let, let me go let me go through what, what what's happening on that side. Let me set the table for play-by-play of the Democrat Party free-for. Because that's what I do. I do play-by-play of the news here. Tulsi Gabbard has sued Hillary Clinton for defamation, for calling her a Russian agent. You didn't know that? See, that just happened. We just heard about that this morning. And don't laugh about it. Don't forget, look, Nick Sandman won his defamation. So it was, well, he's a big settlement, and now he's moving on to others. This can be won. Hillary's out there calling her a Russian agent, so she sued Hillary. Hillary says no one likes crazy Bernie. Now, she's walked that back. I'll get to that detail in a moment. But it was out there all day yesterday and all night last night that nobody likes Bernie, that he's crazy. The truth is nobody likes her. The truth of the matter in the Democrats is nobody likes her. Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren, has accused Crazy Bernie of being a lying sexist. This is about Bernie supposedly saying that no woman would ever be elected president. Now, Bernie's denied saying it. if it's silly? I, I couldn't possibly... I mean, uh, Hillary Clinton, would get the nomination, where would I possibly say this? But Elizabeth Warren is still treating Bernie as though he did say it and is offering evidence to refute his point. And Crazy Bernie says that Biden is lying about supporting Social Security. Obama has said that Biden doesn't have it. The Obama people hate Crazy Bernie, and they're going to do whatever they can to undermine Crazy Bernie. Biden has bragged about getting a prosecutor in Ukraine fired while the Democrats accuse Trump of abuse of power, Biden has actually done what they're trying to impeach Trump for, or convict him for. Ninny Mike Doomberg buying his way into the Democrat race. If this could buy, if he could buy six inches of height, then well, I mean, without a footstool, what? You think that's? I'm sorry if it sounds mean, but I mean that's that's what. If there's a picture of Doomberg next to a child, you can't tell the difference unless you get close up on the face and see the age difference. I'm not, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Uh, Mayor Pete. <laughs> Mayor Pete's getting all kinds of accolades. He's getting the most conservative support in some liberal Democrat county in New Hampshire. That's good for the Democrats. Bing, the. Top of the list of support from conservatives. Mayor Pete uh, and Amy are trying to remain relevant in all of this. But the one thing they have in common, every one of these people, Tulsi Gabbard, Hillary, Crazy Bernie, Focahontas, uh, Biden, Obama, Hunter Biden, Minnie Mike, Mayor Pete. Amy Klobuchar, what do they all have in common? None of them can defeat Trump. That's the one thing they have in common. And that's why they want him removed from office. I want to get started on the phones, and I want to elaborate a little bit on something I I glossed over a moment ago when talking about Schiff and how he needs to be made the face of all of this. This is about the lie that, that Schiff told about Lev Parnas and who he's talking to. Uh, the, the news is that this is apparently an intentional lie, that Schiff did not make a mistake. He did not confuse two different people whose last names begin with a Z. He knew that Lev Parnas had not spoken to Zelensky, but said that he did anyway. Now this was in a text that that Lev Parnas sent to Rudy Giuliani Nadler, Schiff's own team. The Z that Parnas was talking about is the oligarch who runs Barisma. That's who Lev Parnas was talking to, and Schiff got hold of that text. Oh no, he's talking. He was sending a note to, to Zelensky. Meaning, this Parnas guy, he knows a lot that he hasn't told us. He's got an in with the president of Ukraine. It's not true. The reason that we know that Schiff did this intentionally is because he redacted the rest of the text message to Rudy that made it clear that Parnas was talking about the guy who runs Burisma, not Zelensky. But I'll tell you, Schiff is so monomaniacal. He was even willing to lie to the round mound of a gavel. Jerry Nadler, who's the person he sent this evidence to, he gave it to Nadler to use. He set Nadler up. He facilitated Nadler telling his same lie. This is assuming Nadler wasn't in on it. they, They both could have been in on it. And the drive-by media is completely ignoring this, even though it was uncovered by Politico. The Politico is who uncovered the Politico uncovered the fact that Schiff knowingly misrepresented this text message from Lev Parnas claiming that it went to the president of Zelensky of Ukraine. Rather, when it didn't, it went to the guy that founded Burisma. and they're they're completely ignoring this in the media because it exposes Schiff to be the obsessed liar that we have said he is. Uh, the guy is is just I don't know, folks. I don't, I don't know how to politely describe what I'm actually thinking about the guy. It's just, it's just it's it's despicable what the guy's doing. He needs to be uh, fully exposed. By the way, did you hear about Mayor Pete? Did you hear what Mayor Pete did trying to endear himself to the black community? Mayor Pete said that he prefers Popeye's chicken to Chick-fil-A. Did you hear that? He made a big deal out of pointing. He thinks Popeye's chicken much better than Chick-fil-A, into a black audience. Now, can you imagine if a Republican did anything like that? You would not be, no, I didn't hear that. That's all you would have heard about. Okay, let's go to Atlanta. Let's start with Karen on the phones. I'm glad you called, Karen. Great to have you on the EIB Network. Hi.
6: Hey, Rush, I am so glad that you are back. When you. were there. I put you Me to too. the top of my prayer list.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm glad to be back, too.
6: Well, I listen to you all the time, and I, I hear you say, you ask people, why are they so afraid of Trump? And I have a theory. And my theory is, is that he runs the country like a business. You have to get things done. And he gets things done, and he could get everything done that we need done where. Yeah, so but, but why does that scare careers. them?
2: Wait a minute, why does that scare them? Why does getting things done scare them?
6: Because we won't have to pay these big old salaries, and they would only have to come maybe twice a year to legislate. And maybe we should go back to the day where it was volunteer. You did it for your country.
2: Well, you know, you're you're something when talking about some people. There are, I, I think, people like Schiff. I don't think it matters that Trump gets things done. I don't think it matters. I think it's so deeply personal with Schiff that that he simply has lost any any boundaries of propriety and decency. He's just is, is a, it's a despicable, despicable person doing what he's doing and the way he's going about it. Now. I think, uh, more along the lines of what you were talking about, Washington has evolved over many generations. And what is one of the most often heard complaints from the citizens, from people, about Washington? You can't get anything done. It takes so long. People's expectations are so low. Because of how long it takes to get things done. And people in Washington, they, they further us thinking that. They further the Oh, it's so big. It's so massive. We're trying to. People that run for office, they campaign X, Y, and Z. Promises they're going to do it. Get elected, nothing ever happens. And I think that's the trick. I think the trick is having convinced us that it's really hard to get things done. It's hard to get legislation passed. It's hard to get it past two houses of Congress, then the president to sign it. It's really, really hard. And in that way, they get to maintain the status quo, where they are the beneficiaries. So here comes Donald Trump. You want to talk about an earthquake in three years. Look at what one man has been able to get done, not just get done. But change a bunch of garbage that was for the bad into good, it's got them scared to death. Their cover is blown. Whether Trump is a businessman or not, it doesn't matter. It's simply the fact that he can get in there and get things done. He can stop illegal immigration. He can raise tax. He can cause the biggest economic boom that we have seen in 50 years. He can create the lowest unemployment with policy. It can be done. This is what has them upset. The American people can now see it can be done. It can be done in three years. It can be done in two years. It can be done with the right guy at the top. It can be done. All the while making America great again. We don't have to give Iran nuclear weapons to do it. We don't have to... Arm our enemies. We don't have to let illegals into the country. and to do anything. We're not guilty. The United States isn't guilty. We don't have to apologize for anything. This is such a major shakeup of what has become the standard daily perception of Washington, and it's got people scared to death, and it's got people upset because the the, uh, the their game has been exposed. So. The only thing they can do, they can't they can't run around and try to tell us that all these good things are not good for us. That's why they're trying to disqualify all these good things by saying that a corrupt skunk like Trump did it. That's how they're trying to disqualify it, which is how they disqualify or try to all their critics personally destroy people. That's what they're trying with Trump. Got to take a break. Back after this. So, some journalist on TV just said, so do you think the Republicans need to call witnesses so that the Republicans are seen as conducting a fair trade? It's always the onus on the Repu- the presumption that the Republicans are up for, right? In this? It's absurd. Greetings to you, music lovers, thrill-seekers, conversationalists all across the fruited plain... It is the award-winning, thrill-packed, ever-exciting, increasingly popular, and growing by leaps and bounds. Rush Limbaugh program here. Great to have you with us. Uh, telephone number 800-282-2882. So you know what you've got to look forward to now. I mean, if you're going to pay attention to this impeachment stuff. And by the way, have audio sound by number 21 standing by. The Democrats now have... 24 hours to make their case. Two 12 hour days, because the first day, the rules debate was yesterday. 24 hours. Have you ever heard of any criminal trial with an opening argument, an opening statement? of a week or four days. 24 hours. And here's the rub. They don't have a case. They don't have a crime. They don't have an impeachable offense. And yet, they're going to take 24 hours to present what they are going to try to convince people are crimes and impeachable offenses. I don't know. I don't know how people are going to put up with it. I don't know how people are going to watch 24 hours of this. And I I I I really think the Republicans have only you know one sensible move here. Don't don't engage them point by point because they don't have a case. The rejoinder to all of this must be you don't have a case. You don't have an offense. You don't have an impeachable offense. You don't have a crime, which is why you're demanding witnesses, because you're desperately hoping somebody could be forced to say something. You shut down your own investigation, Democrats, after telling everybody you'd made the case. It was irrefutable. You can close it down and move it over to the articles of impeachment, take it over to the Senate because you had made the case. Now you get to the Senate and guess what? They're whining and moaning that they're not going to get a fair trial. Now, sadly, I don't think I'm like most people. I have no tolerance for whining and complaining primarily because I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. But that's all these people are doing. And I think a lot of people don't mind other people whining and moaning because it gives them an excuse to join in the whining and moaning. What I have found when you start telling other people your problems, 80% don't care and 20% are glad that you have them. But it's never persuasive. After a while, whining and moaning and complaining turns people off. But that's all they've got. Here, grab somebody number 21. This is Pencil Neck. The Democrats held a press conference outside the, on Capitol Hill outside the Senate chamber. And here's uh, here's Adam Schiff.
1: The House should have the opportunity to prove its case. And if we prove our case, the Senate should convict and remove the president from office. But the Senate should allow us a fair trial. Let the American people hear what John Bolton has to say. Let the people hear what Nick Mulvaney has to say or Secretary Pompeo or any of the other witnesses with relevant information.
2: Right. Well, why didn't you call him? Why why didn't you call him? Well, because you didn't need him. You said your case was made. You were ready to take your two pathetic articles of impeachment over to the Senate. Make the case because you had made it. Slam dunk. Let the people hear what John Bolton said. What we need is for Schiff to be on the stand. Adam Schiff is the witness that needs to be called. And we need to find out from Adam Schiff, when did you first meet the whistleblower and when did you two people plan this? Why didn't you call the whistleblower? Why did you drop the whistleblower as the primary impetus for all of this? Why didn't the whistleblower continue to be the primary evidence maker and engine of your case? We know the answers to all of this. I just wonder, 24 hours of these people making a case... Uh, it, they have no choice here but then to keep lying, to keep making things up, to keep trashing the president. And the uh, it, it, the lying is, you know, they claim Trump is serial at it and it's, it's, it's part of his being. These people are out of control on, on all of this. And now this bleeding and pleading for fairness... The Senate should allow us a fair trial. Like I said, before the break at the top of the hour, I was watching, um, I don't know what it was in the cable news, six of one, half dozen the other. And I think it was Congressman Lee Zeldin was the guest. And the question came, do you think, do you think, because we've got polling data, we have polling data, the American people want a fair trial. Well, of course, they, you ask them. Do you want an unfair trial or fair trial? What do you think the answer is going to be? Do you want a fair trial? The American people say they want a fair trial. Should so the, so the Republicans should the Republicans agree to call witnesses so that uh, they are seen to be conducting a fair trial? As the impetus always falls upon the Republicans. The, the, the presumption is the Republicans. Are gaming the system. The Republican is, the, the presumption is the Republicans are cheating. The Republicans are denying these poor Democrats. Is it up to the Republicans to allow witnesses so they can be seen? Isn't it always, is it up to the Republicans to let this happen or let this happen so that people can see that Republicans are not racist, sexist, bigots, homophobes? It's not the way to deal with it. The way to deal with this, the Democrats have shown up in this chamber from the House as bullies. You've got Schiff and you've got Nadler and you've got the rest of them. They are showing up as bullies, and that's how they need to be treated and reacted to. They whine and moan about a fair trial the Senate should allow us a fair trial when you wouldn't even call these witnesses yourself. Bolton, what do you think Bolton's going to say? What do you think Mulvaney is going to say? You know what? Let me explain this Mulvaney business. You may, have, you, you may remember this. Mulvaney is the chief staff. He did a press conference in, I don't know, a few months ago, but in relation to all this. And Mulvaney is a dyed-in-the-wool literalist and realist. And he doesn't suffer fools well. So the press uh, said, what do you think? Did the president, did the president withhold aid? The, and we'll be, this is the way it works. It's not just us. Hey, wake up. This is how you conduct foreign policy. You're always trying to use leverage. Every president in the history has attempted to bend foreign countries to our will. We are trying to move, make allies, and we're trying to make allies act in our best interest. We've got several ways of doing that. Wake up. This is how it happens. Press doesn't get that. The, all the press heard was Mulvaney. Of course Trump did it. Of course he did it, and we're happy he did it. They think Mulvaney just indicted Trump with his answer. When all Mulvaney did was tell the truth about how American foreign policy is conducted by a president who is trying to make America great again, put America first, have allies who we are paying end up actually helping us and supporting us. There's nothing unusual whatsoever about Trump's relationship with Ukraine. He's not the first president to use the leverage of foreign aid to get what we want out of a foreign country. But this is all being portrayed as though Ukraine is some... Little island somewhere of helpless waifs. And without us, they might not even exist. And President Trump is so mean that he was withholding money from them until Ukraine put Joe Biden in jail for him. And that's what they want people to think this was about, and it isn't. So they want to get Mulvaney up there, and they want him to repeat what he said because they think Mulvaney indicts Trump. What all Mulvaney is doing is trying to tell these Brickheads in the media how this stuff actually works in the real world and how it happens. So, 24 hours to make their case. 24 hours. With not a single bit of relevant evidence, not a single um, impeachable offense. Lord, can you imagine the tripe people are going to hear? And for how long are they going to put up with it? And the Republicans, of course, they get their chance to respond to this. They make their case as well. And I just think the Republicans ought to continue as the primary driver of their presentation that the Democrats have nothing. There is no evidence. There isn't any impeachable offense. The reason they want additional witnesses is because they don't have every witness they brought up before their committee, before Schiff's committee was asked point blank, did you ever see the president committed a impeachable offense? Not one of them was able to raise their hands. Let me take a brief break. We'll come back and uh, get your take on this. We head back to the phones right after this. Fastest Three Hours in Media hosted by me, Rush Limbaugh. Great to have you with us as always. Okay, here we uh, we have Jennifer in Norfolk. Great to have you on the program. Hi. Rush,
4: so fun to talk to you. Thanks for taking this call. You bet. Rush, I, um, I think that Obviously, we know the Dems, they did not come up with any evidence or support of a crime, and they relied on the optics, just being on the nightly news, on the mainstream media, saying, we have the evidence, we have the evidence, and nobody really, the, the, their followers didn't really demand that evidence. And I think they're relying again on optics, something along the lines of what you're saying, that they rely on the fact that the general public doesn't know about the procedure, that it was actually the House's responsibility to bring this testimony, to come up with the evidence when it was their turn. And now they're presenting the optics of the trial begins in the Senate, like you were saying, that this is about a fair trial starting now, and that acting like this is the time for bringing the evidence, the time for issuing the subpoenas. And therefore, as the public doesn't know that there was already an opportunity for that, it's going to look like the Senate is—they the, are the ones blocking this and obstructing justice—and those are again just the optics of making these Republicans look bad.
2: Yeah, if if uh, if this were five, six years ago, I would sign on to that. Okay. I, 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 in, in and in a, in a generic politics, as it's always been. Uh, atmosphere, you're absolutely right. That's how it would be portrayed, and that's how we would be told the American people see it. I think, and I, I know it's it, it's tempting to look at it as though they have successfully maneuvered this in such a way that the Republicans look like they're obstructing, that they don't want any evidence because they're trying to hide the fact that Trump did it or what have you, and the media is helping. But I think... I think the media has not been getting away with that. The Democrats have not been getting away with that during the past two years of Trump. Um, I don't believe that Trump's approval numbers aren't over 50%, for example. And I don't believe the polling data out there that says the American, of course you ask them do you want a fair trial or unfair trial, what do you think they're going to say? Nobody is for an unfair trial. So you get these silly poll questions and silly poll results, which then drive media coverage and drive media questions of Republicans and so forth. But I think what overrides your concern, and it's a legitimate concern, is that I think the people who comprise Trump's base are not going to fall for any of this. They haven't fallen for any of it in three years. Jennifer, why would they fall for this? They know exactly the people that voted for Trump. In fact, there are people that are now part of Trump's base that didn't vote for him in 2016. Trump's base has expanded. It's grown. And I think there is probably more awareness today than ever before about how the media has attempted to influence public opinion. And people are standing up and opposed to it. I think people don't talk to pollsters as often. They can lie to pollsters. But this... Jennifer, this is not happening in a vacuum. This is following two years of people being promised that Trump colluded with Russia, and then there wasn't any evidence. This follows three years of people being promised that Trump did this or did that or did this, and there hasn't been a single bit of evidence for any of it. There is no public clamoring to throw Trump out of office. There's no public clamoring to put Trump on trial. This is all concocted by the media. It's an entire... Uh, political operation by the Democrat Party aimed at the 2020 campaign. It's not feeding off public opinion. It's not the result of public opinion. The Democrats don't care. If this were the result of public opinion, they would have stood down long ago. This is not what the American people want to be happening. And they clearly, I'm going to tell you this. You go back to the Clinton impeachment years, and Clinton was impeached for legitimate crimes. But the economy back then was roaring. The economy was good. People didn't want anything interrupting that. They didn't support the impeachment. They didn't want any part of it. Why should that change now? The American people don't want anything to happen to Trump especially the people who voted for him. So I think they're, they're, they're throwing things up against the wall, hoping something sticks, but I don't think anything's sticking.
4: Well, in light of what you've said, you're right, of course, but in light of what you've said, we need to fight against things like net neutrality and whatever they're doing to AM radio, because I think it's because of free speech, obviously. Wait and-
2: a minute. What are they doing to AM radio? <laughs>
4: Well, aren't they doing something, okay, this is going to show my lack of staying up on this, but they always talk about AM radio as if it is um, uh, making people extreme or, you know, I guess I guess they talk about AM radio like it's it's creating a problem in our nation, and we need to get rid of
2: it. Well, now they 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 constantly ping pong back and forth on the uh, fairness, doctor. You have to understand something, Jennifer. When you hear AM radio, you just need to think my name. I know. And in that sense, yeah, they've they've been for for thirty one years, Jennifer. They've been trying to nullify or negate. Maybe they haven't succeeded. The idea that they were they're, they're net neutrality, yeah, they bombed out on that too. Uh, they're gonna. The left is always gonna try. We we can't take the fact that the left is trying to do this and automatically assume that we're losing just because they're trying. They're failing. They're corrupting culture in a lot of ways, but they're failing. It. They have not. They have not. Is Trump still president? Yes, thank you. What, what would you? What, what would you right. rather? Trump be? Let's go back to the Nixon administration when he was when he was under this kind of fire. Where was Nixon when this is all happening? Well,
4: he was president when when things were going down
2: right. But but I mean, how, well, this may be unfair. But you may not have been alive. Were you alive when Nixon was going through his uh, impeachment? I 19th? was in sixth
4: grade.
2: Okay, so let me tell you where Nixon was when. The same kind of fire was being launched at him. Nixon was in the White House and he was hunkered down and he was having meetings with people and he was strategizing how to beat it back. And he was doing it. he was responding totally to it. Where's Trump? In the White House. No, he's in Davos. He, oh. is, he is giving the greatest economic speech that we have heard That's in right. 35... That's Donald right. Trump is building up the economy. He's not even paying attention to this other than a, a tweet now and then. Good point. Donald Trump is not acting like Nixon did. Donald Trump's not giving this thing the time of day except to nuke it now and then in a tweet. Donald Trump is doing exactly what he was elected to do against all the odds and showing that these little flea bags are not affecting him whatsoever. I like aren't, aren't you glad you called? Because you were prepared to say, oh my God, we're losing? It. They're getting away with oh, making it look like we're abstract. Fine. Let me tell you, this guy Schiff looks like a bug-eyed, pencil-neck alien. There's no way this guy is going to win a public opinion battle.
4: No, no, I was thinking more about what they're thinking and not the fact that they're winning, but you're right. And I was a school teacher who taught millennials, and I am surrounded in my neighborhood with people who.
2: Well, you know, see, you're about- surrounded by a bunch of yes. corruption. You're <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of corrupt thinking. If you're a school teacher, it's amazing that you haven't been corrupted by it because you're surrounded by it.
4: Well, I live in a. Soviet Russia and I came. I never. We never talked about politics at the dinner table, and I didn't know your name or anything.
2: Why? Because somebody might come shoot you if you said the wrong thing.
4: Back in the eighties, we just didn't talk politics in my family. Well, I lived in Russia and came back, and I had all of my politics straightened out after living in the former Soviet Union right after it fell apart. And I thought, and then I heard you. Right after I came back, I heard you on the radio,
2: and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy gets it." Exactly. <laughs> so I, right. Let yeah, me tell you something. Yeah. You're you're very perceptive in your in your fear that this could be seen as positioning the Republicans as obstructing. They're trying that. There's not some people are going to, but Trump's base, which he needs, is not going to fall for this. Don't worry about that. Okay, welcome back, folks. In a normal, insane world, Adam Schiff would have just stepped in it. We got the soundbite coming now. I got a note saying that Schiff just said, and he's, he's doing his opening argument here as house manager number one. He said, we cannot trust the ballot box. Now, where do you start with this? Well, you start with Russia and these people still trying to convince people that Trump colluded with Russia and stole the 2016 election and is already working with Putin via Ukraine to steal the 2020 election. This is their case. That's why Trump's got to go now. Trump's got to go now even before they convict him. They they made a play in the last couple of days to get Trump thrown out of office now even before any conviction because he's threatening the 2020 election. The shift just says, we cannot trust the ballot box. Ladies and gentlemen, there is not... A shred of evidence that the election in 2016 was tampered with in any way, shape, manner or form by Russia. In all of the indictments that Robert Mueller handed down. Listen to me on this. People have forgotten it's so long ago and it's such a crowded, crowded news arena now. When Robert Mueller announced the indictments of the 11 Russian cyber troll farmers... For doing, you know, chicanery on Facebook and all this other stuff. In the announcement of that indictment, Rosenstein, very last thing he said, so that nobody would hear it, there's nothing in these indictments that shows one vote was changed because of the actions of the accused. There is nothing in these indictments that suggests the outcome of a single election was changed because of the actions of those indicted in this indictment. They, made, they went out of their way to make everybody understand the Russians had no impact on votes, vote counting, vote tabulate, nothing. And yet the Democrat Party persists in lying the American people. I told you that these people... Ought to be held accountable. They have done more to corrupt the, the honor and integrity of American elections than anything the Russians could have done had they succeeded. The Democrats have made sure everybody doubts every election result they lose. When they lose, the Russians did it. Trump did it. What have you? Already accusing Trump of tampering with the 2020 election. Tell me, how would that happen? I don't even want to go there. It's it's patently absurd. Schiff is lying through his teeth, and now telling people. You know, if if I'm a Republican senator and I'm listening to this stuff, I want to throw this guy out. I want to somebody pound the gavel, say, "Why are we sitting here listening to this tripe? We can't trust the ballot box because of a phone call with Ukraine." I mean, it's even ridiculous. To assess this in specificity like this, we can't trust the ballot box. Good Lord, there are there are a lot of uninformed people out there are going to be when they hear this. My God, folks, this is the height of irresponsibility. And why is it happening? These people, for some, they just. These are the people who tell us how unhealthy it is to hate, how damaging it is to hate people, how unproductive. They have nothing but hate. They have hate for Trump and it's irrational, compounded, it's impossible to properly categorize it for people. I'll tell you something else shifted. You know, everything that these Democrats are saying can be refuted with fact. And here is another one. Schiff was talking at some point last 20 minutes about how important the aid Trump withheld from Ukraine is. It was deplorable. It was horrible. It was mean. It was risky what Trump did. Because Ukraine needs that aid to protect itself from Russia. But, of course, Trump, being in the back pocket of Russia, doesn't want Ukraine to be able to protect itself. This is what Schiff is saying and implying. He's talking about how important the aid to Ukraine was and how mean and how inexcusable it was of Trump to delay it. Okay. let's go back to Ukraine before Trump. Let's go back to Ukraine during the eight years of Barack Obama. The reason Ukraine does not have a significant military apparatus is because we forced them to get rid of it. Obama administration. And in exchange for Ukraine doing that, we signed a pact or a treaty pledging to come to their defense should they be attacked and unable to defend themselves. You know what? They were attacked. Russia attacked Crimea, part of Ukraine, and literally took it. Russia came in, Vladimir Putin, while Obama was president, and annexed Hook. Ukraine we offered not one shred of help we didn't offer any assistance we didn't abide by the treaty or the pact that we had signed and here's this lying little scumball telling everybody how endangered Ukraine was because of Trump who gave them the aid They got the military aid that Trump promised and they ended up getting more than we had promised to give them. It was withheld for a matter of days, but they got it. They did not get any aid from Obama or Adam Schiff or the Democrats during the Obama eight years. They didn't get any assistance. We didn't follow through on a commitment we had made. Barack Obama practically made sure that Vladimir Putin could come in and take part of Ukraine. And these people have the gall to go to the floor of the United States Senate today and claim that Donald Trump, by delaying aid, endangered our good buddy and ally Ukraine and put them at great risk. They got their aid. They got more than they were planning on getting. We have a new relationship with Ukraine. Ukraine—it's always been a corrupt place. Eastern Bloc, communist-related. It's corruption. It's communism. You've got a reform president. Trump wants to make sure that they're not going to continue the same kind of corruption before giving them money. None of this is anything but smart. Our foreign policy with Ukraine—the way Trump handled it—is nothing but smart. If you consider the United States as the good guys. But besides that, Adam Schiff knows full well we sold out Ukraine during Obama. That we let Putin take Crimea. And yet here he is. Trying to tell people how important the aid that Trump denied was to the security of Ukraine. It's Adam Schiff and Barack Obama and the Democrat Party, which did not step up, did not step forward and help Ukraine at all. Didn't even lift a finger when Russia and Putin came and annexed Crimea. Quick timeout. We'll be back after this. Yeah, I'm here, folks. Hang on. I got to install a beta profile here. Watch was on. All right. here we go here. Uh, now let's see Got okay cool um, I, here's the here's the shift soundbites audio soundbite number 23 uh, and this is during his opening argument let's go ahead and listen to this and see if it's exactly as it was told to me an
1: attempt to use the powers of the presidency to cheat in an election for precisely this reason the president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box for we cannot
2: be assured that the vote will be fairly won. Well, he actually said, the son of a, actually said it. An attempt to use the powers of the presidency to cheat in an election for precisely this reason, the president's misconduct cannot be decided in the ballot box. Meaning we can't wait for the American people to decide because you people don't know enough to throw the guy out. The Democrats have to be in charge of this. Your vote doesn't count anymore. I'm telling you, folks, do not doubt me. They are digging a grave. I know it's tough to see it that way because the drive-by media heralds them and makes them look like heroes. Speaking of which, here's uh, audio sound by number 22, Leslie Stahl, CBS News special report. The Senate impeachment trial. The anchor, Nora O'Donnell, with this question... With Nixon and with Watergate, which you covered, Leslie, ultimately it was a Republican senator, Barry Goldwater, who went to Nixon and said, this is ridiculous. Here is what Leslie Stahl said.
4: It's a very complicated story to tell. It's Ukraine. There are so many names, so many places, so many dates. It's It was hard yesterday to follow, and I've been paying attention. During Watergate, the senate watergate committee had witness after witness this shows you how important witnesses are to developing a narrative and making the story clear it's so
2: complicated it's so complicated it's not complicated leslie because nothing happened ukraine got their aid the transcript of the phone call has been released there's nothing happened the people that you want as witnesses were not even on the phone call leslie they heard about it second and third hand. The people you want as witnesses can't. They've never met Trump. Good grief. I can tell you what Ukraine was. I'm not a witness. It's not complicated. And the reason it's not complicated is that nothing happened. What's made it complicated are all of these outrageous, baseless allegations that are designed to get people going down a rabbit hole trying to defend and explain. Let me go back to the phones. Mike in Elgin, Illinois. Great to have you on the EIB network. Hello, sir.
3: Hello, Rush. Nice to talk to you. I'm a big fan. Thank you, sir. Uh, I wanted to do a, get your opinion on something. You know, yes. I've heard there's a contingency out there called the shy Trumpers, and these are people that secretly support Donald Trump, but they don't admit it publicly for fear of repercussion from friends, family, or Co-workers, I don't think they can be measured in polls because, like I said, they don't admit to their support for Donald Trump. But I think they're going to be a giant factor in the upcoming election, and I think that group is probably growing bigger and bigger every day as a result of a shift in his annex.
2: I would agree with that. I, I've not I've not heard the term. Excuse me, shy Trumpers, well, but that's a, that's a good description. There are all look, Trump people get beat up for wearing Make America Great Again hats. They get thrown out of families. There's no question that there is a group of people who stand mute about their support for Trump. The left is crazy. The anti-Trump maggots are literal. They're dangerous. But I think there's even more than that. I I, I think the... Trump presidency has caused an awakening a revolution. I don't know how what word you would describe it. I think there is a greater awareness of how opposition research politics happens now. For look, folks let's let me remind you something. this is one of the reasons why the Democrats are so frustrated. Let's go back to Trump coming down the escalator. Shall we? What did Trump say that day? Comes down the escalator, June 16, 2015, announces his candidacy. Talks about the rapists and the criminals and the drug dealers and the despicable human beings in Mexico. And he described them for on to 10 minutes. And he blamed them for corrupting American culture based on the illegal immigration and said that this is the Democrat Party's objective. He described the criminal element of illegal immigration in ways that nobody in politics has ever had the guts and courage to do so. What did people say after he did that? Oh, this guy's finished. Why, this guy doesn't have a prayer. Did you hear that he turn on any cable news network you watch anybody analyzing it? This guy, they said, he's not even serious. Nobody running for president would ever seriously say stuff like that. Trying to get about there, there's no way. They're laughing about it, and of course they're wringing their hands. It's so outrageous. It's so bad to talk about people. It's so bad. But what happened? He got elected, didn't he? Let's look at the Access Hollywood video. What was the Access Hollywood video? Do you remember? Trump's walking out of one of those trailers they have on set where you go take time out if you're an actor, you get made up, or you sleep, or you whatever you're doing there. And he's walking out of the trailer with one of the hosts of these Access Hollywood shows, Billy Bush. And Trump doesn't know he's being videotaped, it's not part of the show. And he starts talking about what the power of celebrity is allows you to do with beautiful women and where you can uh, touch them. He got
3: elected.
2: Anybody really stop to try to figure, I mean, those two things and one of them happening on a day he announced would have disqualified any Body running for this guy got elected. Every allegation they have made colluded with Russia. Russian traitor hired prostitutes to urinate on Obama's bed in a Moscow hotel. They haven't touched him. This isn't going to touch him. This is an attempt. To separate Trump from his base. This is an attempt to find some 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 weak, frightful Republicans to hopefully vote in a wild dream to convict him. But they can't touch him. Gotta take a break and we'll be back. Don't go away. Okay, here, listen to this again. July 13th, 2018, after 11 Russians had been indicted by Mueller. There's no allegation in this indictment that any American citizen committed a crime. There's no allegation that the conspiracy changed the vote count or affected any election result. That, after the indictment of 12 Russians for hacking the Democrat National Committee. Schiff is so full of it, folks, I don't, the guy could probably float. I don't know. Ah, oh, now this is great. Schiff is now playing sound bites of Trump during the impeachment trial, like we would play them on this program. He just, he just played a sound bite of Trump trying to illustrate that Trump is trying to corrupt our politics by urging China to investigate the Bidens the way uh, the way Ukraine is. I mean, there's some corruption that happened over there. I think China ought to investigate them, too. And, of course, these guys act like, give me the vapors, give me the vapors. Trump is trying to interfere in the elections. Now he's trying to interfere in the Chinese elections. Trump is horrible. This is so pathetic. These people are so damn pathetic. It is, it is just, it's alternately painful and comical uh to watch great to have you back here folks Rush Limbaugh as always behind the golden EIB microphone uh grab we're going to start at number 8 in an order but before that number 27 because I'm I referenced this or earlier, I talked about one of the things that Schiff, Schiff had just wringing his hands, talking about how Trump had imperiled our great friends in Ukraine. How he, he he refused to give them aid, and he made them very, very vulnerable to evils in Russia and so forth. When in fact, it was the Obama administration that let Russia take Crimea. Here is Schiff making uh, that that point.
1: President Trump undermined the integrity of our free and fair elections by pressing a foreign power to influence our most sacred right as citizens. Our right to freely choose our leaders. And he threatened our national security by withholding critical aid from a partner on the front lines of war with Russia, an aggressor that has threatened peace and stability on an entire continent. In so doing, the President sacrificed not only the security of our European allies, but also our nation's core national security interests.
2: I mean, folks, President Trump undermined the integrity of our free and fair elections by pressing a foreign power to influence our most sacred right as citizens. Let me present to you the other option. Let's say that we have a president who actually loves his country. Donald Trump loves America, cares about it, believes in it as the good guys and one of the agents of good for the world. And that we you know Donald Trump, folks, has been the most investigated president in my lifetime. He may, in fact, be the cleanest in terms of genuine scandal or corruption, politician in our lifetimes in Washington. I'm not saying this to stir anybody up. There's nobody more investigated, and they, they haven't found him. You can go out the way he talks or the way he uh, cracks jokes. He's uh, uh, just he just so out of bounds. you know. Hey, Russia, can you find Hillary's emails? But in terms of legitimate scandal, uh, corruption, crime, they don't have anything. So here's Trump. And he knows that Biden, but, but folks, if it ever comes out, how corrupt. And Biden's just one of countless lifetime Washingtonians. Joe Biden doesn't have any money. Joe Biden has never made any money other than his senator salary. He's never had any. But here's his brother getting $54 million in guaranteed loans. Here's his son making million here, $34 million over there. How? He's not alone. It's typical. So the guy's running for president on the Democrat side. What if he's corrupt as the day is long? He's asking Zelensky to find out about it, to announce an investigation. What if Biden is ultimately blackmailable by some of these unsavory people in ukraine or in europe what if that's wouldn't that be something that would be worth knowing and no these people look at trump as trying he must really be afraid of biden trying to get ukraine to take biden out it's never been what this was about it was about trying to find out what role ukraine played in helping sabotage the the, the trump campaign i so here comes shift President Trump undermining the integrity of our free and fair elections. Here grab somebody number 24 again. This is Rod I think it's 20 Yeah, Rod Rosenstein here it is. July 13th, 2018 321. There's no allegation in this indictment that any American citizen committed a crime. There's no allegation that the conspiracy changed the vote count or affected any election result. That the indictment of Russians in the Russia investigation, no allegation in the indictment, any American citizen committed a crime, Trump's an American citizen, no allegation. That this conspiracy, whatever these clowns were doing on Facebook, changed the vote count or affected any election result. And yet here is Schiff. Trump undermined the integrity of our free and fair elections by pressing a foreign power to influence our most sacred right. That's what Schiff is doing. Schiff is attempting to influence your most sacred right, i.e. to vote. Threatened our national security, withholding critical aid from a partner on the front lines in a war with Russia. No, Schiff, you and Obama did that. Ukraine got their aid. And they got more than they were bargained for. That they bargained for. Now... You probably have heard that it got so bad in the Senate last night that the Chief Justice had to admonish both sides to clean up their acts. Here is how that sounded. It's audio soundbite number eight. Hit it.
1: It is appropriate at this point for me to admonish both the House managers and the President's Council in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body, one reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging, and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that high a standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are.
2: Okay, fine. I, it's the world's most deliberative body. We must speak in civil ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he was going to say that at some point, no matter what. Because isn't that one of the central complaints all of these Washington establishment types have about Trump? So he was going to say it no matter what, hoping that the hometown newspaper would notice. So it happened in hour five uh, last night. This is Pencil Neck. Took him five hours into their, their debate over the rules last night. This is Adam Schiff accusing Trump of withholding Ukraine aid to help Putin steal the 2020 election.
1: This is the first time aid has been withheld by a president of the United States to coerce an ally at war to help him cheat in the next election. When the Ukrainians learned and the Russians learned that the president of the United States did not have his back, was withholding this aid, what message do you think that sent to Vladimir Putin? What message do you think it sent to Vladimir Putin when Donald Trump wouldn't let Vladimir Zelensky, our ally, in the door at the White House, but would let the Russian foreign minister. What message does that send?
2: I, I, I literally, be, this guy is not altogether sane. I think this guy is rivaling Antonio Brown to me in, in being just off-center. Uh, it's not the first time aid has been withheld by a president. Obama shut them out of aid while Russia came in and took part of Ukraine. called Crimea. You getting tired of me saying this yet? When the Ukrainians learned and the Russians learned the president did not have his back, was withholding this aid, they got their aid. In a matter of days, they got the aid. And let me take back and remind you of the story ahead in the first hour of the program. Real Clear Investigations whistleblower overheard in 2017 discussing with Ally how to remove Trump. Barely two weeks after Trump took office, Eric Sharmella, the CIA analyst who everybody knows is the whistleblower was overheard in the White House discussing with another staffer how to remove Trump from office. This according to former colleagues. Sources told Real Clear Investigations the staffer with whom Sharamella was speaking was Sean Misko. Both Sharamella and Misko were Obama holdovers working in the Trump White House on foreign policy and national security issues. And both expressed anger... Over Trump's America First foreign policy, which was a sea change from Obama's approach to international affairs. Well, what a, doesn't that tell you a lot? Here comes Trump America First? And the Obama people don't like that? America First is a problem? It's such a problem, we got to get rid of Trump? This is two weeks after the inauguration. Just days after Trump was sworn in, these two were already talking about trying to get rid of him. Said a White House colleague overheard a conversation. They weren't just bent on subverting his agenda, the official said. They were plotting to actually have him removed from office. Sean Misco left the White House last summer. He was still there. Trump never got rid of these schlubs. He was still there last summer and went over and joined... Adam Schiff's committee. Schiff, the whistleblower, and Sean Misco cooked this up, It is is why I say when this blows up on them, when there's not a conviction, what's next? Because there's going to be something. They can't let this next 10 months go by without some Trump scandal, some Trump allegation. There's also a reference in this uh, Real Clear Politics story to Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Oh, say can you see the super patriot guy? Listen to what this says about Vindman. Vindman is, but we're pretty sure that Vindman's a guy that was on the phone call and then reported it to Sharamella who then called shift, this is shocking, it was terrifying, what I heard was unbelievable. Of course, then they released a transcript, there was nothing to it. Before he was detailed to the White House, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman served in the U.S. Army, where he once received a reprimand from a superior officer for bad-mouthing and ridiculing America in front of Russian soldiers that his unit was training uh, with during a joint 2012 exercise in Germany. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman's commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Hickman, complained that Vindman, who was then a major, was apologetic of American culture. He laughed about Americans not being educated or worldly, and really talked up Obama, really promoted globalism to the point of it being uncomfortable. Vindman was a partisan Democrat at least as far back as 2012, said Hickman, now retired don't let the uniform fool you. Vindman is a political activist in uniform. Attempts to reach him through his lawyer for this story were unsuccessful. This whole thing's a setup as everything in the effort to get Donald Trump has been a setup. Everything's a setup. It's all set up beginning with Trump Russia collusion Every aspect, every individual part of this is the result of a setup. That has not resulted from anything Donald Trump did or has done. And now another brief timeout. We'll continue get back to uh, those of you on the phone right after this. All right, I have one more Schiff soundbite for you. Then we'll go back to the phone's. It is, it is obvious now that Adam Schiff is using the Senate to spread his own personal political conspiracy theories to whoever, his base or whoever. Now, I, folks, I, I don't know, if, if I were a United States senator, particularly a Republican, I'd be feeling a little hoodwinked by now. My, my Senate, it's not Schiff's. The Democrats have commandeered the Senate. They have come in, and they have, under the guise of impeachment, they have commandeered the Senate and are using it to campaign against Donald Trump. And there's nobody to stop them. They've got 24 hours to keep doing this. Adam Schiff just played the soundbite of Donald Trump telling the joke about, hey, Russia, if you can find Hillary's emails, maybe it would be cool, as though this is some sort of real crime. This that He is recycling three-year-old stuff about a phone call with Ukraine? Here it is in three,
1: two, one. Mueller and his team found that, quote, the Russian government perceived that it would benefit from a Trump presidency and work to secure that outcome they also found that the trump campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through russian efforts and just as he solicited help from ukraine in 2019 in 2016 then candidate trump also solicited help from russia in his election effort as you will recall at a rally in florida he said the following russia if you're listening I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily
2: by our press. Let's see if that happens. They are seriously... <laughs> it's like they're playing the quote from Trump about, I'm president, I can do anything, when he's talking about firing Mueller, playing it out of context. Of course, it, it's folks, it's entirely possible these people are, are so... That they might believe Trump is actually. A, I, I can't. They have so little sense of humor. And you can't make fun of them. You can't mock them. You can't satirize them. You can't do parodies on them. But this is just. That's from 2016. It's three and a half years ago when they're doing this, repeating this stuff. Three and a half years. And I'm telling you, if I'm in the Senate. Who knows what they're thinking, but it's obvious the Senate has been hoodwinked here and the, the 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 Nancy Pelosi House managers have taken over the Senate for whatever length of time here under a false premise, impeaching Donald Trump. It's not that at all. It's what it's looked like, what they're saying it is, but it isn't. They are just venting. They're getting rid of all of their hatred. This is all the stuff about Trump they hate, that they can't stop and that they can't beat. Anyway, back to the phones. John in Gainesville, Florida. Great to have you, sir. Hello.
5: Thank you, Rush. I really appreciate talking to you. Uh, What I wanted to say is I think that the media has done a disservice to conservatives in the country with their blatant bias. But I'm also thinking that they've done actual damage to the Democrats because they're not being held in check or made accountable for what they say and do.
2: You are relying, there for, 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 the damage of the Democrats would therefore have, have to be done by uh, the American people who are smart enough to see through the blatant cover-ups and boosterism the media gives the Democrats.
5: Right. That that was my point. They're not prepared to face the people because the media has given them a false sense of confidence, and they think that the American voters are going to respond the same way that they do. In their world, they can say whatever they want, and they don't get called out on it. Well, I think that's true.
2: I, I, they they clearly cannot handle it. Look at when Pelosi, a simple question, do you hate the president? She stops walking off, come, comes back and gets irritated. They, you're right about that. They cannot handle adversar- adversarial press. But at the same time, right. I do think that it lulls them into this false sense of security of thinking that everybody thinks what they think, that agree everybody agrees with them.
5: And it actually reminds me of the movie Rocky, where Apollo Creed was uh, undisputed world champion, so he didn't train properly, and then Rocky comes out swinging and he gets knocked to the ground. Yeah, yeah.
2: I uh, remember that movie. Saw that movie two or three, one or whenever I saw it. Uh, I have to hit buttons four times here, folks, to make it work. And thankfully it doesn't distract me, distract me most of the time. At any rate, um, it's an interesting thought. You know, I've 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 hoped for so long, after so much information education, the American people can see through this tripe. And I actually think that with Trump it has happened and it's begun to happen. anyway i appreciate the call out there john a brief break once again we'll be right back do not go away tom in detroit you're next i'm glad you waited sir hello
3: hi uh yeah it was a, a very painful wait today um simply because there is just way too much adam schiff on today's show oh I yeah, it's, it's
2: driving much. people crazy
3: Oh, it's I write fiction professionally, and to listen to that guy just it, it hurts my my logic centers and my brain. So luckily, he talks about something else other than shift. But another uh, mental midget is the AOC. Do you follow what she's saying about um, billionaires being takers and not makers? And do you think anybody on the left is going to you know chastise
2: her for this lunacy? Well, what specifically? about the rich is she saying? because you know, crazy Bernie has a bunch of people. Project Veritas is uncovered with, with things they're said. they want the rich to be sent to forced labor, to have to pound rocks for 12 hours and to find out what it's like to be a working person. Uh, sent, they want Republicans sent to re-education camps. These are people who literally work for Bernie Sanders. Now, what specifically has Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that you're reacting to here? No one who has
3: a billion dollars
2: Made a billion dollars. They
3: took a billion dollars. They didn't make it. They, you know, they take it. And I think I can think of one person right off the top of my head: J.K. Uh, J. Rowling, who was a single mom on the dole, who wrote a book in a coffee shop, and single-handedly generated a billion dollars of the revenue, created a, million, a billion dollars that didn't exist before. And you're saying, what, she stealing from a bunch of little kids who...
2: Well, but out? she couldn't have done that with a bunch of environmental people chopping down trees that we all need to keep from dying with climate change. She couldn't have done it without the wood. She couldn't have done it without the trees. This is what she... But, but I get your point. Uh, is anybody going to chastise I'll tell you what. The thing to look out for her... I say the thing to look out. That's not the right... This woman is dead serious about that stuff and she's dead serious that the democrat party and these candidates other than bernie they're not they're not left wing these are mainstream conservative centrist democrats is the way she looks at them and she's talking about a third party she's talking about actually making a third if bernie doesn't win this of taking his loss and his voters and actually trying to form a third party, a a real left-wing party, because she doesn't think the Democrat Party is. A
3: degree in economics,
2: which scares the heck out of me.
3: Uh, what did they
2: teach her? What? <laughs> yeah, she got that degree from Boston University. Not, not Boston. It may be Boston College. I'm not sure which. But that... Yeah, I, I've made the point, what the hell are we teaching people if that woman can have a degree in, uh, in economics? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. My whole life, the rich have very few people coming to their defense, Tom. In fact, I was, I was watching way back when, uh, Bill Clinton's first term. And part of Clinton's campaign in 92 that he followed through with, he was going to try make it look like he was attacking CEO salaries. So he made a move that any salary, any CEO was paid above $1 million could not be deducted by the corporation or company as a business expense. Well, this is what created stock options as a new way of paying executives. And I was watching as this whole thing was being debated. Andy Grove was the CEO at Intel at the time. And he was on This Week with David Brinkley. They asked him about this. How do you feel, Mr. Grove, about the attack on the amount of money you make? Uh, Other fellow CEOs and his And he said, David, I'm not going to get into uh, discussions here about these uh, social arguments about the amount of money I or anybody else make. He he wasn't going to attack it. There's not a rich person in the world out there that will attack any attempt to take money away from it. In fact, it's the opposite. A lot of these rich people come out and say they're all in favor of tax increases on them. It's a way to keep the barbarians away from their gates. But nobody speaks in defense of the rich. Not just nobody, but very few people do. So when she comes out and attacks the rich, there isn't going to be anybody defending them. Strictly in terms of numbers, there aren't enough of them to be gained by defending them. The only reason to defend a rich person is if he's going to give you some money for doing it. And that isn't going to happen. So why would you defend a rich guy? Unless you know economics, and unless you know how money is earned via hard work and enterprise and innovation, this kind of thing. But a long way of saying, no, I don't think anybody's going to have anything to say to her about it. It's not going to be something that she'll have to deal with. We'll be back. Hang on, folks. I think there's something else that's happening in this trial. And, even, you know, even that's a very elastic description. When you talk about fair this or that the Democrats Schiff, the other managers they are accusing Trump of things that are not in their articles of impeachment. They're accusing Trump of things that are not in the indictment. Like Russian collusion. That's not what Trump's being impeached for. And like Trump's Supposed call for Russia to find Hillary Clinton's missing email. In, in, a, in a fair trial, 90% of what Schiff is talking about would be thrown out. He wouldn't be permitted to be saying any of this. But that's why this isn't a trial in a court. And that's why this whole assertion that it be fair is absurd anyway. There isn't anything fair about this from the moment it began, The ultimate fairness in this would be that it is not happening. It shouldn't be happening. But now these guys are playing video of Trump from two and a half years ago that has three and a half years. has nothing to do with the two articles of impeachment. I want these legal beagles on TV, these legal analysts to weigh in on that. I want to hear what they say about. Them. Well, of course, Russia, but the Senate, and the House set their own rules. Of course, they can do what they want to do. Of course, they can. But that's why, if I'm a senator, if I if I'm a turtle, if I'm any, if I'm Romney, I'm sitting there. I'm livid that I have been suckered into having the Senate taken over by these little namby pambys in the House. For the pure politicization, this Senate has been turned into the Democrat National Committee. It has become a branch office of the Democrat National... If I'm the Chief Justice, i am got to be sitting there saying, what the hell, except he hates Trump, so he probably doesn't have a problem with this. You know what would be great? If Trump's lawyers would play the audio of Schiff being punked by those two comedians claiming to be Ukrainians with nude photos of Trump. And how Schiff fell for it, hook line and Wouldn't that be funny? Well, you can't do that, Russ. That's not, that's not responding to things in the church. <laughs> There's nothing in these articles. Abuse of power, whatever. They're, they're so far beyond what the articles of impeachment are. This... This is every complaint they have ever had about Trump being aired ostensibly in a trial. If there was anybody, when it gonads, it would shut this down and expose this for what this is right now. How do you people in the, 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 the United States that hears Chief Justice talking about this is the most serious, deliberate buddy, greatest delivery buddy in the history of humanity? Yeah, it's been turned into the Democrat National Committee. It's been turned into the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. It's been turned into a branch office of Planned Parenthood and every other donor the Democrat Party has. The ultimate corruption of the United States Senate and leave it to Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, the round mound of the gavel, Jerry Nadler to pull this off. OK, I have to do a mea culpa. I said Monday when I got back here is going to be here all week, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, folks. I've got a super secret thing that has come up and it's one of these deals that can only be done during the time the show is on. And you know what? Almost said I don't want to do this anyway if it's going to be more this Adam Schiff show. But I can't say that to you because that's why I'm here to deal with this rat rot gun so that you don't. But I'll be back on Friday uh, as we resume uh, normalcy. I just. Schiff can sit there. He He can lie. As committee chair, he can lie and he can satire and parody, supposedly, Trump's transcript of the phone call. And it's fine. Nothing happened. And he can take a parody of Trump talking about, hey, Russia, can you find Hillary's email and be impeached for it? Schiff can take a phone call from a couple of comedians punking him on having nude photos of Trump. Nothing happens to Schiff. The double standard here, but the converting of the Senate to the Democrat National Committee. When's somebody going to stop it? Lucky
0: Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the
6: deli, I guess? Ah, uh-huh, in my dentist's office more than once actually
1: do i have to
0: say yes you do in the car before my kids pta
6: meeting really yes
0: excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details my name is chris moody host of the new podcast finding matt drudge